Welcome everyone to All the Calamity, a podcast where we discuss all the calamity in the world and how we are surviving the chaos. I am your co-host Karis and I am here with my two other co-hosts, Zoe and Kirsten. All right, so <coughs> darn it, I can't stand sickness. Um, <coughs> all right, so y'all, what are we getting into today? Apparently it's already funny because Zoe's laughing. But we have to leave that in. No, we're not leaving me coughing in. You're just like, welcome. <laughs> I hate sickness. Yeah. <laughs> like, anyway. Anyway. Yeah. I messed up our initial intro because I had a, I had a cough, but we're not keeping that in. Anyway. So yeah. What are we getting into today? Um, our episode is titled, if you want us to settle, just, just say, say that. Oh, well, yeah. You have to say it the way Kirsten just said it. Say it, Kirsten. If you want us to settle, just say that. Exactly. Who wants to dive into this subject matter? I'm really curious as to what Kirsten thinks. There's a few things I want to say on this topic, but I want to start with this because I was literally thinking about this before we started recording. I just got off of work and, you know, whoo, yay, capitalism, corporate America, yay. But outside of that, I think I realized the idea of settling, it's unique to adulthood. I feel Mm. like as a child... There's not a concept of settling because it's like, even if you make like a wrong decision or you do something like that's below your standard or, you know, something like that, you make a compromise. I don't know. It doesn't seem permanent. It doesn't seem like you are throwing the towel in or that you're like staking, putting your stake in the ground. There's not a concept of like, oh, this is settling. And I don't know if I was fully prepared for the fact that it's like, I don't know what age, maybe just after college. So like 20. One twenty. I graduated actually mm-hmm. at 20. So after that, it just felt like anything after that, maybe I would say not even the first two years after college, because I think that's so like this little, not probationary period, but like trial period for like yeah. being a full adult. After 22 though, it was like, oh man, like anytime I'd wake up and I'm like going to this job I don't like, I'm like, I'm settling. Anytime I was looking at something online of like someone actually doing what I would actually love to do, I'd be like, man, like I am making a decision to not do that. Like, I know that's easier said than done. Like, it's not like you can just decide, okay, I'm going to do this and this is guaranteed to make money, which is clearly why I didn't go in the direction that I wanted to go in, which was for those of you who don't know, was in like media and like the film industry, whether like as a screenwriter, director, music video director, anything in that arena is what I imagine myself doing at this age going on 27 now. I don't know. It like hits you like a a ton of rocks. Like, is that the phrase? I don't know. Bricks. It's a ton of bricks. It's like, man, I am settling and it sucks. How do you guys feel about that? I feel like it hit me earlier now that I think about it. I mean. Before you graduated? Yeah, I felt that way all of college. But I think because I had a, a different perspective of adulthood anyway. I think I finally, maybe now, kind of feel like an adult. But well, you are much younger. You are only like 22. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, true. But like, <laughs> like, I think also because I kind of feel like I had been the same from, I don't know, 13 to maybe 20. Like, I don't feel like I was much different in that entire stance of my life clearly I changed and stuff like I was growing older I learned more things like you naturally become slightly different but in the sense of the way I saw myself in society I didn't feel any different like I mean I was 13 but and I was taking I, college but, but courses I, I was around older people that's my point though and yeah. I, mean, I think maybe the difference is like you haven't reached that 
that age after that. You're literally you know, at that threshold. But what I'm saying is during all of that, I felt like definitely in college, I don't think I would use this term settling when I was in high school, but in college, I definitely felt that way. Even though I didn't really feel like an adult, I acted very much like an adult, like in the sense of my responsibilities, things that I had to do. It was different because I did live with my parents, but I don't think that negates adulthood. But so what made you feel like you were settling? Settling how? I felt like I was settling because of the position I was in. I didn't really take much ownership over my own life because I felt responsible for doing things for others and not taking that time, which is really important when you're that young, to really formulate things for myself. So I felt like I settled on relationships with people. I settled on going after work things or dreams or desires or like fun stuff to do. I literally did basically nothing in college other than go to school. I went back home. And I'm, I'm not saying like those things were bad or anything, but looking back, I definitely feel like I settled for a lot of things. I didn't pursue anything. But do you think, because I feel like there's a distinction, that to me sounds like you were aware that you were like in some way living below your potential. I don't think it feels like to me, like when I think of the word settling, there's a sense of finality to it and that you're settling in life yeah you're settling just like the term settling down it's like a sense of i'm staking my claim here this is what it's gonna be and obviously literally like where everything settles settles. and obviously i don't believe that for myself like i don't want to believe that for myself like i refuse for that to be the case but when you see how you've been living for the so many years i feel like it's inevitable to feel like man like is this what this is like am i actively settling because if i'm not actively doing something else i'm settling well, yeah. How does that change anything? Because I'm like- saying, do you feel like in college you still thought that that was a, was that a sense of finality? You thought that was just going to be how life was? Basically. Oh. But I mean, I had no reason to think anything was going to change. And y'all know how I am also. Like, I'm a very day-to-day person anyway. I'm not very planned out in the sense of having all these future expectations and plans and whatnot. So if it had gone on for the last month, my thought was, well, Tomorrow's basically the same. The next day's basically the same. The next day's basically the same. Month after month after month. And then a year goes by and then two years goes by. And now you've graduated college think, and, I'm gonna and you've done the speak. same thing. <laughs> but I feel like maybe that really is an intrinsic difference in our personalities because I, I wouldn't even say I prided myself. I just felt like I was, despite what I was or was not doing at that time, like specifically in college, I felt like I was a very ambitious person. I had very ambitious goals. Like I had things that I just, I knew I was going to do. Like, and there were ambitious things that that I even did when I was in college that set me up to think, oh, I'm going to continue on this path. I'm going to continue doing ambitious things because at that time money was not something I had to worry about. And obviously I knew it would at some point be, you know, an issue, but I don't, I didn't think that it would stop me from being as ambitious as I was. And that has been the hard reality to feel like, oh, like that's prevented me from actually going after what I want. And when it feels like that was who I was, like it's a harsh reality. I think for me, I kind of agree with both of you because I think I understand like what Karis is saying. There were definitely things that I felt I was settling in prior to graduating from college because I think I still had an understanding that there was a finality to my youth, that my youth would end. Like in my mind, it's like, after your 20s, like, that's it. Maybe even at that time, I was thinking after 25, like, 
that's it. That's when your youth is up, quote unquote. So I don't know that I felt this sense of finality and like, oh, this is what my life's going to be. But definitely during those times, whether it was high school or college, I think when I continued doing things that were not really manifesting like what I wanted in my life or what I saw for myself in my youth or what kind of high school experience I thought I would have or what kind of college experience I thought I would have. I think I definitely felt like, oh, I'm settling within the context of this experience. But I think what's interesting and I think our kind of schooling system in America maybe kind of sets us up to feel this way because there's all these kind of levels after every grade is another grade and then you graduate high school and then potentially you go to college and there's semesters, right? Like there's all of these kind of phases that will end and you get another try kind of thing. So I think even for me, once I realized my college experience isn't exactly what I envisioned, and I do feel like maybe I settled in a way in terms of what that experience could be, I think I still always felt like, oh, well, there's whatever is over the horizon, you know? So like after I graduate, I think even once I started to feel like I settled in terms of my college experience, kind of like you, I think I thought, oh, there's something that's going to propel me into a different lane once I graduate. And I think- Unlike you, it wasn't like my own personal ambition, I think, in a strange way. I almost believed in this like divinity over my life. Like, oh, there's something I am destined for. And it has nothing, like, regardless of what I did or didn't do, I think I just had this like kind of, like just this belief that things were going to work out in my favor regardless. And that even though I didn't really set myself up for anything, I just was like, why wouldn't things work out. I don't know why I felt that way, but I feel like it hit me even more. Like you were saying, like once I did graduate and I was in my twenties and things were going, whoo, not at all how I thought they were like going to go. And it was like year after year, after year, year after year. I mean, I think uh, it's been seven years since I graduated, a little more than that. No, it has been it has to have been eight because it's been six years for me. Yeah, well, maybe like it, it's maybe like seven and a half or something. It's not like exact, and I'm still not experiencing the life I thought I would be. And there are a lot of areas in my life that it's like like wildly disappointing. And I feel like I've learned to like appreciate my life for what it is and the things that I do have. So it's not like I'm just like you know crushed by this. But if I was being honest and I looked at like the expectations I had for my life and where I thought I'd be right now, it's not looking good for your girl at the moment. Um, And year after year after year of that is like, okay, wait, should I actually just give up though? Yeah, (laughs) Would I be happier if I just gave up? (laughs) Yeah. I feel like I'm currently at this crossroads, not of giving up, but of like you mentioned how I think you, I don't know how you phrased it, but this idea of being like grateful and like just kind of also allowing yourself to relish in where you are in the good parts of where you are. And I feel like to me, that's always, always something. Yes, you should absolutely always be grateful, but I don't know at what point it becomes complacent. Like the, the mind games that you maybe play with yourself, like, oh, like I am happier. This is good enough. Like, and I'm, I'm at a place where it's like, I don't know where I should be. Should I be like, chasing something or is the is that process of chasing is that what's preventing me that mindset of like right I have to do this like is that what's preventing me or 
is the problem that I'm not chasing hard enough and that's right. why I'm not But I there. see that's what I like when I look at like the course of like the past seven and a half years or so, it's not like I've been in this space the whole time where it's like, well, you know what? This is good enough. I have been in that mindset of like chasing to the point of being quite literally desperate and I'm never happy but, in that space. And but if it's not paying off, I'm not But happy. here's the thing. I think I can say, because I know like our trajectory we chased, but still in a place that was like comfortable yeah. for us. There are so many people like you, I mean, you hear of stories like I was homeless and like, and obviously right. I don't want to get to that. To be <laughs> yeah, I'm not trying to have that story, but clearly there are people who went way harder for what they wanted. And like, I struggle with, you know, is like that phrase, like, something being on the other side of comfortable or whatever. I don't know. But here's the thing that I feel no one talks about. And like, we have to be real. Like, especially I think, I know I say these things a lot, but like in the country that we live in, like knowing what American society is like, because I was literally just watching Kiki Lane uh, do an interview with, uh, I think it was Jimmy Fallon. And she was talking about like how she booked if Bill Street could talk and like her experience with that. And she was like, it was literally like an answer to my prayers, like literally. I guess she had to fly out for the audition. She was checking into the hotel and they were like, as we know, they had to put a $100 um, like hold on her her card yeah. for incidentals. And she was like, say what? Say what? <laughs> she didn't know. She literally in the moment didn't even know she had that in her account. And so she was like, yeah, sure. So she gets back to her room and like frantically checks her bank account. And apparently she had exactly $114 in her bank account. So it went through. So um, on the way to the audition the next morning, like, well, before she had to get breakfast, she spent $14 on breakfast. So literally when she was going to the audition for If Bill Street Could Talk, she, she had literally no money and didn't know where any more money was coming from. And from the sound of it, like she was on her own. It's not like she lived with her parents or anything like that. She was literally on her own. So she said when she was like doing that audition, she was like, she thinks it's part of what helped her get it because she was literally like, I need this, but actually. And like, um, she was like uh, the director or something at one point asked her if she wanted water. She was thirsty. Mm -hmm. And she was like, oh no, I'm good. I'm not thirsty. And he was like, oh, excuse me. She's not thirsty. She's hungry. She's, <laughs> she's hungry for this audit or something like that. And she, he, she was like, little did he know, but I really, yeah. really was. So she obviously got the part. And I was like, wow, that's a beautiful story. What about the actress who also went out for that audition, who also that same day had no money in their account and did didn't get, get the role? I want to know what happened to that person because the truth Do is- Do you? <laughs> the I'm truth kidding. is I know she was not the only broke. She couldn't have been the only broke actress that day. That's the whole- And she's the only one who got the role. The whole thing that all of them are broke actresses. But that's what I'm saying though. So it's like, it seems- But at least they're actresses. No, no. I'm no, not saying- They're waiters No, no, no. I'm not saying that towards you. I'm saying in my head, I'm thinking like- you know, people spend all this time, whether working in corporate and retail, whatever, you know, some random job yeah. that they're doing that is so unfulfilling that they're dreading waking up every morning having to do it. And while brokenness is not the goal and it's, it quite literally sucks, like it's just, it's very humbling. Um, but for those people who are actively going on auditions or this, this that and the other, you know, but don't have two pennies to rub together, what, like, is it more, I guess noble isn't the word, but like, to say that they, if for, uh, 
uh, what am I trying to say? Um, God forbid, if they were to die tomorrow, I feel like them the money couldn't have done anything for them. But to say they were going after something that fulfilled them, like, isn't that a little bit more of the goal? Like, which one is more of the goal? Not necessarily, because, I mean, this is going to change person to person. You'd have to ask people. But I'm sorry, I'm just sitting here thinking about La La Land. She didn't seem mm. very happy, all right? Yeah. She was... But li- I don't... No, no, my point is, like, you... That's to a degree. So if you're someone, for instance, wants to be an actress, actor, whatever, you fly off to Los Angeles, you have no money, you're living in a beat-down place, it's L.A., Okay, that's not fun unless you're rich. All right. And you have to now do all these auditions, spend all this time trying to learn these roles. Realistically, they're for roles you don't actually even want. Yeah. So it's not really things that might fulfill you because we're just assuming, oh, you're an actor. So any acting is going to be fulfilling. Well, if you're in a toothbrush commercial, maybe not. Like if you want to do a specific thing, that's like if you maybe you're doing your something in your field but it's something in an art form or whatever project it is something that doesn't fulfill you at all it's still possible to work in that thing and not be fulfilled by it if you're a minority the roles available to you might be things that not only aren't fulfilling but that you don't even believe in yes but i i think obviously we're kind of fixated on like that specific trajectory which is not everyone's trajectory i think my point is more so Cause I understand what Karis is saying. Like it doesn't, I'm not saying any of that chasing after those things guarantee your happiness, but just like Kiki Lane said, like that is that sense of hunger more like, would it, would you rather spend your days with that hunger or with that dread? Because I, I have a feeling for people who are going after it, despite the rocky times and like hating certain aspects, if they're, poor if they're living in a place they don't want to live in don't get me wrong like that would take its toll on you but I don't think you're actually probably spending as much time dreading your life because you're so focused on I am going to get this thing that's why you're living the way you are like and even though it's not guaranteed you are still actively pursuing something whereas when you're not and you're still not fulfilled and you're in other words it all comes down to this is can money buy you? Like to me, that's what, like, unless, unless, <laughs> unless <laughs> obviously for those people, and this is, has been, I'm sure kind of, well, I guess not for you, but like, this has been kind of like our strategy or honestly a lack of strategy is to have these jobs and have them in some way fund your the dream, dream, right? Yeah. But not everyone can do that. And as we know, burnout becomes so real. Like yeah. it's not it's not realistic for everyone. So if you have to choose one or the other, that's what it's getting down to. Do you choose they can buy me with money, they can buy my time? Or uh, this is like a perfect I literally just no, it's too perfect. I literally before I came in, I listened to it on my drive to work back from work and I finished it when I got here. But uh Megan Patoon's final episode of her podcast that she did. Oh wow. And she talks final? about Yeah. So she's I didn't know it was ending. um she 
By the way, that podcast got me through one of my last jobs. I know. Uh, (laughs) Megan Batoon's podcast is fantastic. But anyway, uh, Megan Batoon's final episode of her podcast, she's talking about these literal specific things, burnout, and her journey of all of the different things she did to chase the dream and her mental health in it and all. And she talked about how basically what's so sad about chasing your dream is like whenever you do it, you realize you need money to do it and you never have money to do it. So then you have to find a way to make money to do that thing. So she was saying when she first decided she was in school for design, graphic design, and then she was like, I want to be a professional dancer. She was like, I don't have any money to do that sort of thing. So she said she was working like four different jobs doing random things. One of them was like uh, some sort of dance instructor or like a substitute dance instructor. Um, She worked at like a bagel company and some other thing. And she was like, was it worth like, you know, it's like at some point it's like, technically I'm doing things to get me to this point. But she was like, at some point, like doing dance and trying to make it a commodity and like have it pay her became like she became to resent it so it wasn't worth it for her even though she loved dancing because then it was like I have to get this job I have to get this placement I have to do this thing or I'm not like I'm not making it or whatever one's like I just love dancing so like sometimes you it's almost like more worth it to find a way to not have to make your art your com- like your job and it, again that's changes for who right you are, but i think but- again i think this goes really just back to the uh, title of the episode because you're saying like sometimes it's more worth it to go about it that way which sure but for the majority unless you find a job and you climb the ranks and you get very high up right many of these jobs require so much of your time and energy which again we talked about burnout that's going to happen inevitably And so honestly, this whole, we're talking in circles because it's like, this is the system. So if you want us to settle, just say that. Like, that's what it's giving, like the whole system. And I was going to say, because you were asking, like, basically the question is like, can you be bought? Um, Basically give up what you feel intrinsically, like you're supposed to do or what you're meant to do in your life, what your gifts and talents are and what you're meant to bring to the world is there like basically a price to keep you from that thing? But I think that's a little extreme. That Like that's true for some people, but I think what we're talking about is not specifically money. It's like basic needs and basic needs have been put behind a paywall when they shouldn't be. So it's like really when I think a lot of people would sacrifice a glamorous life to do something that they love, but in this case, I feel like we're asking people to sacrifice housing, yeah. safety, food, food, um, stability, just, yeah, their health. So I think that's a little bit different from like literally being like bought, like having a price tag. But also I think like, while I think your question like is valid in terms of like, is it basically almost like what feels worse? Like feeling like you're settling and not pursuing something you love or maybe pursuing pursuing something you love while not being where you want to be, like which will feel, feel worse? Will you feel better? Because at least you're doing something about it, even if you're less comfortable. But 
I think that's only a valid question because we are truly faced with that binary. But ultimately, I think it is so much, and I think people are beginning to do this, but it is worth imagining a different world. And this is where I feel like as people we settle um, because I think we're not really taught to use our imaginations in that way and to realize that like society could be different. We kind of do just accept this is what, this is just the way it is. But the truth is like basic needs should not be behind a paywall and that we pay taxes in this country. Like I feel like that should ensure a basic standard of living for everyone. I don't think there's anyone who should have to worry that they will have nowhere to live, that they, um, you know, won't uh, be employable, that they will have food, won't have food. Right. That is a reality for a lot of people. Like I shouldn't walk down the street and see any homeless people. Like that's personally how I feel. If someone Elon Musk could have fixed that in one quick second, but he bought Twitter. Actually, literally though, and so for me, I think what's hard, so difficult as an artist, is like I know how m- many artists would feel so much more free to create and make beautiful things if they were not constantly in a mode of survival. And I won't say that that prevents people from making art. People have obviously Black made art. people have made fantastic oh, art for generations. It's not going to stop us, but I do think like the fact that resources are behind a pay. Like I was literally just like uptown today, driving past all of these kind of places and things that look cool. And I was like, you know what? I should come up. Why don't I come up here more often? Why don't I ever do anything? And then I realized, oh wait, I have to like pay to get into these places or I have to like pay, like purchase food from this. You know what I mean? Like there are not a lot of free things to do. Like there are some, but I feel like you have to get so creative about it. Right. Like it's like, you can live in a place and like everything you walk past is behind a paywall. So it's like, if you're not wealthy, you don't get to experience certain things. And that just really bothered me. Cause I'm like, if we all share this space together, like why don't we have communities and spaces that like everyone gets to enjoy the fruit of like living wherever we live and enjoying things together. Like why is everything like I walk out of my door and everything is behind a paywall. It's almost like a video game. You have to have coins for this coins for that. And it's like, when did we, who decided this was the way to go? White man. No, I know. Yeah. But it's just, it was he white man. That's where I feel people are really settling. It's like, this could be so different. Yeah. Like, but I think then that, brings us to, and I saw this in Karis's notes, and then you kind of touched on it in terms of like imagining a different world, but like delusion, being delusional, right? Yeah. Like, and this is the era of delusion, but and not in the way that I, you think. I was telling you guys before I was watching the, um, what is it called? The Kanye documentary that came out on Netflix, yeah. um, genius or whatever. And I remember when I was watching it, I was just like, man, like, and this, I guess goes also into like women specifically, Um, and it personally feeling like just for myself as well, like when I saw it, I was like, wow, like here's this person, however you feel about Kanye. It's like, here you have this talented person who like really beyond a shadow of a doubt believed in himself Mm -hmm. and whether (laughs) there was an element of like delusion or an element of like a God complex, like are, you know, 
I, I'm not going to speak on that, but like, I do feel like a lot of women especially are not necessarily because in the documentary, not only did I see that, but obviously like his mother, like was very supportive. There were people around him. Even I feel like as many no's as Kanye got, I still feel like there was always a circle around him that believed in him just as much as he believed in himself. That's what was instilled in him. Um, I think that's what I guess I'm getting to is that I think for a lot of women and not everyone, but like it's way less, um, uh, prevalent to have women who have that instilled in them. Like you are not like just like, Oh, you can do anything you put your mind to like, yeah, that's great. But like practically like where they're seeing like doors being opened for them, not, not like a guy opening a door, but like, you know, like opportunities (laughs) to the point where they can garner that confidence that I'm going to walk into a room and I am great. Like, and I shouldn't have to like be a people pleaser and I shouldn't have to like um, play down my talent, like, and not necessarily be cocky. Like maybe some people would say Kanye can be, but like even watching the documentary to an extent, I don't necessarily know if he was at some point, I think there were elements of that, but he wasn't necessarily just cocky. Cause a lot of times he would say, Hey, like, this is how I feel about myself, but I want everyone to feel this way about themselves. Like he made that very clear. And I think, that's part of what I wish I had leaned more into like in coming up and like when coming out of like, even in high school, I think especially in high school, like even before college, because I went to a a creative arts high school and like I had opportunities to like be a part of film festivals and have my work put out there. But I constantly felt like, why me? Like, why would I like yeah. make yeah. that big of of a deal of something that why I do we did? We all have that same experience. I hate because we're that. girls. <laughs> but um, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, that's kind of my point. It's just like, at what point? And at this point, I'm trying to do all of that unlearning, all of that people pleasing that I've, you know, adopted in the workforce. Like with my managers, like if I have a male manager, like the, it's so crazy. Like the, and even if if even if it's a woman, like even honestly, kind of just the authority figure in general, like my instinct to people, please. And whatever they see in me, they're like, Oh, you should do this. You should, can you do this? And like, even if they're asking so much more of them, so much more from me than what my job title is, I'm just gonna be like, yes, yes, yes. Like, yeah, it's always yes. And I'm just, I'm sick of it, bro. Go ahead, Zoe. Yeah. I was going to say like, oddly enough, I kind of disagree with you. And I won't say a hundred percent because I definitely think like the like people pleasing and that sort of thing is definitely a problem that I think is very prevalent amongst a lot of women. Um, and I don't think that's okay, but I will say like when looking at like a figure like Kanye, I think like we've recently kind of come out of like the girl boss era and people have been very critical of it. And I think rightfully so. And like what they're saying is like, we got women who were starting to embrace like this kind of, um, a lot of the qualities that we see in men that men use to like get ahead and, it was ultimately like hurtful to a lot of the people around them or it required them to kind of like step on people on their way to the top or kind of have this overconfidence. And so it's like, people are saying like, instead of like someone having to kind of 
embrace like this almost like overconfidence in their ability in order to be in the same room as people equally or less talented than them. Like the woman who actually has a more like realistic view of her skills and is like in a place where they are like realistic about what they're capable of and they're willing to learn and grow like that should actually be like honored and more men should be doing that so that she doesn't have to like compete so to speak with mediocre men because I think that the difference is it's like you have mediocre people not that Connie's mediocre I'm kind of like generalizing at this point but like you have mediocre people who are embracing that mentality and truly believing in themselves and so it's like Maybe you're mediocre too, but your mediocre might be a little better than that guy's mediocre and look at where he is. So you deserve, so to speak, to be, you know what I mean? I think I'm following, but I disagree because I'm more referring to like, okay, I think you're speaking on like external things, like the acts of like how certain things you go about doing certain things. Whereas I'm not actually referring to that. Like, I don't think, because I think people's, oh my God, if we had a bunch of Kanye's walking around like attitude wise, like right. and how you carried yourself, that would be a nightmare. Right, that's what I'm saying. It's like, is that the world yeah, no, we want? Yeah, no, that's not what I'm referring to. I'm talking about the inner belief in yourself that would prevent people from- Deterring you? From- yeah, not just that, but like deterring you from, um, again, like the people pleasing factor, but also just like, putting a cap on your potential. Like yeah. that's what I'm referring to. Like to never even be able to see yourself being able to like get past certain like obstacles that may be in your way or like, it's not an attitude that you necessarily have to bring or like step over people or take on masculine traits, but actually, cause I don't, it's not a feminine trait to be, um, to not be confident. Like it's not. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. And when I said masculine, I wasn't, talking about like masculinity and femininity in terms of what those things really are, but more like when we talk about almost like toxic masculinity and like certain, I think like women taking on traits that men themselves shouldn't even have. Like it's not necessarily like, oh, that's what it means to be masculine. And so let's leave that to the yeah. men. But it's I, more like, are these traits anyone should yeah. really? And I think yeah. when you talked about like girl bosses and stuff like that, that whole like era, um, I'm not referring to that either because I, I could be, I'm talking about, it could be anyone, like someone who wants to like make pottery for themselves in the mountain somewhere. But if that was what she felt like was her purpose or what she was driven to do, like that, no matter all the people were saying like, girl, what you, what you going to do up in the mountains making pottery? Who's going to buy it? Like, you're not even selling it. Like what kind of life is that? Like, I mean, that's random, but I'm just saying like, it could be whatever that is, but for more women to be like, stand in their I don't know. Like it could be as feminine or as like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It could be so contrary to like what this world right now. I guess it's like having a sense of determination. Exactly. That and like not allowing, just not being so swayed by like what society has told us to not just be or go after, but I'm trying to think of how I, how I would describe it. Like, yeah, I I don't know how else to describe it other than maybe the, that, that little element of delusion that Kanye has. Yeah. Like, but it's like you said, and I think this, this was a really good point. I think it's also kind of, it places a undue pressure on women 
who don't have that sense of like confidence or determination that they have to like literally pull it out of thin air. I do think that's something that should be instilled in people. And I'm not saying it's impossible to have if you if you don't have a circle around you who's encouraging you, who's believing in you as much as you do. But I do think there is an element of that that should be there. So I do think otherwise sometimes you get people who it's like kind of that fake it till you make it thing. And I, I just, I personally don't believe in that. So yeah, I mean, I don't know what that leaves people with or what, what they should do, but I do think maybe what that means is like gas the people around you. Like, and you know what I mean? Like be, be yeah. honest be though. Be what you need to someone else and, you know, what goes around comes around. I don't know. But it like, all comes back to community, guys. Yeah. Exactly. But also, but like, support also, the people in your life who you believe in. Yeah, I'm about to say, please don't Listen fake to this support. Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> don't fake support people. Like, yeah, I, no, I'm no, not one no. of those. Like, legitimately. I honestly had to get over the shame of that. Like, this idea, like, support all your friends' work. And I'm like, honestly, no. <laughs> and I understand what that's coming from. But if I don't, if I don't feel like I'm actually a part of who you're marketing towards or I'm not the person, like it doesn't hit me like that, then I don't feel that way. And I think that should be more normalized. I don't think you should like, don't crap on them. Don't be like, but like, I don't have, if I don't feel it, then I don't need to share your work, but I'm not going to say like Mm. someone else should. Well, I would say, I think it, it's depends I well, yeah, it depends on degree, what it is. Like if it depends on how close your friendship is, because I think. Well, yeah, if, I'm again, more if talking you, about even if they're again. This goes back to like uh, Karis and my younger sisters, Lauren. Like they talk about like having a rock band and stuff. <laughs> I would probably not be interested in their music. Does that mean I wouldn't stream it I'm, all night to make sure they got look, their no, 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 streams? No, no. I I did not mean <laughs> that close a relationship. I'm more so talking about but like, a lot of people. That's how friends are. To again, them. like yeah, that's not exactly how I meant it. I think when you, I think naturally when you know, know somebody and they're a part of like, you have a deep relationship with them, you're going to want to support them any way you can. And again, that means you're, it's coming out of a true, honest place. But like, if you're like passively friends, like for instance, I went to a school and I was, did music industry studies degree. Almost everybody in the major is doing music and different things. And a lot of them, I'm like, oh, y'all are really talented, but I don't personally vibe with everyone's stuff. Like I'm not, I personally wouldn't want to go to their show but i'm like oh that's sick you got a thousand people to go to that show like congratulations but realistically i might not share your song because i personally don't really want to listen to it now i don't know i don't think that says i don't know I, i used to like feel bad for not wanting to share certain things but i'm just like but i don't really like it yeah well i would say also with that like Say, for instance, it's beyond just personal taste, but you don't think someone's work is actually good. Like, I think a part of supporting someone could be offering honest feedback. Because, like, Olivia Rodrigo has talked about this, but, like, she said, like, growing up as, like, a child actress and someone in the industry, you have all these people around you who are constantly praising you and saying, oh, my God, you're amazing. Like, especially when her album was so successful and you're like the it person, like you have all these people around you who are just going to always tell you how amazing you are. And she's like, as an artist, like I'm very critical of myself. So I know when something's like not good, like or I'm going to think something's not good. She's like, I want someone who if I'm doubting myself a little bit, 
I know they'll be honest with me. So when they tell me something's good, I do believe them because I know if they thought it was bad, they would tell me. And she was like, that's why she works with her producer because he was the only person in her circle who would say, "Mm, I think you could do better. Missed. Yeah. (laughs) Or like, or like, you know, I've, you know, I've heard better from you. I think we could improve this. And she was like, wow, I want to work with this person because they're honest with me. And you know what fantastic song he also put out? Probably not one that I think is fantastic. No, because you don't care about it. But the legend, the iconic song, it hasn't even been out that long. I don't know what you're talking about. It's so hot. You're hurting my feelings. Oh, wow. But um, Interesting. Anyway. I know. Wait, real quick. It got a little bit off topic, but just- No, I was about to bring it back. Oh, no, I know. I'm just saying real quick on that point. As a musician, I would love for someone to tell me my stuff does not sound good. That sounds crazy, but honestly, all I've gotten is basically good feedback from people, and I know all Paris, my stuff doesn't that sound song. good. <laughs> no, like legitimately, <laughs> I need somebody to look me at and say, yeah, the mix is bad. Your vocals could be like this. Like, because I'm like, I know it's not that good. It's but no, not that's that actually, good. That's on topic because that's someone telling you, not allowing you to settle. Exactly. Yes. Don't settle on yourself, guys. I think that's, guys, that's really the message here. I hope for everyone that in some way, shape or fashion, despite what job you may have, you know, that you may have to go to or what relationship you think you might have to stay in, um, that instead of settling, that we just begin to think differently, even if we're still in the situation, like we begin to imagine a life of not settling and it will, it will materialize. I truly believe that, uh, you know, at some point, like it may not be when you think it will, you might be 85. You, stop. <laughs> but as long as you truly envisioning that is powerful, I think like just envisioning a life for yourself that is outside of settling is powerful. I'm done settling with my music, which means I'm not putting anything else Same. out for like That's a why year. I don't <laughs> put anything out for my brand political um, anymore because the things, the visions that I have for it are just, too good. So, for Kirsten, me to you settle. understand now, and you're not going to be like charismatic. I'm. I still need a, a music video for exposure. I've moved on. I have not. I haven't either. The only way I'm doing no, look, legitimately, the only way that song's getting a music video at this point is if I get relatively big, and then I can get another great artist to hop on it and we redo the song. That thousand. Probably not. Probably yes, because that's when we're. Doing. We have a weird age difference. Time. I just don't. We're not. That's not a vibe between me. No, it doesn't matter about you. It's the industry cares. It's hit? not about you. You it's say that, but like you. he's collaborated with Khalid, who's isn't he like your age? Well, Khalid's probably older than me, and he's a man. Not really. All right, guys. Well, we're gonna have to slip into a segment. All right, guys, this is our new segment, Anonymity, a segment where you anonymously send us your most salacious questions and we answer them. Today, Karis is going to be reading a question from a faithful listener. Karis, take it away. All right. So our first anonymity question comes from, again, an anonymous viewer or listener, so I can't even say a name. Dag nabbit. But yes, this first question message person, this one reads. Let me not mess this up. Let me get my reading voice in. <clears throat> Hello, ladies. So I work at a cafe and I've been there for a couple of years now, but we just got a new manager 
who can kind of be a can kind of be a jerk sometimes. I'm already fumbling this up, but I don't have any problems with him personally. Um, the issue is, ooh, he smells really bad. What? Okay, like a lot. Oh my God. My coworkers often make jokes about it, sometimes in front of him. That's not nice. The other day, I came in early for my shift and walked in on him in the bathroom. The man, <laughs> guys, the man okay, was what? brushing his teeth and had like a full she into setup the men's in there. Bathroom? Or, oh wait, this must be a man. No, you say that. You know how many ba- places it's have co-ed. like uh, co-ed bathrooms, yeah. like private little wait, bathrooms? Wait, did this person say it was a woman? Is this from a woman? It doesn't say. The man was brushing his teeth and had a full setup. He hasn't mentioned it at all, but I can tell that he was embarrassed. Y'all, I'm Aww. starting to think he's homeless. Oh my should god! I ask, should I ask him about it? Do nothing? I really don't know. Oh, that took a turn. I actually did not think that's where this was going. Oh man. Um. You know what? I mean, this is gonna sound. Well, I guess it doesn't sound ridiculous because clearly it happened to them too. Um, I actually did work at a place where um, there was a girl who smelled bad. And people, like some of my coworkers, it was all a lot of women. And they were kind of like making fun of her, like behind her back, but like also not really. You know when you know when people are laughing at you? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember like just feeling so bad. Like I, I wasn't making, I wasn't making any comments or like laughing with them, but like, because it looked like I was just in their vicinity in their circle, like that, I just did not want her to get that impression. But, um, that, I don't know. Like, it's one of those things like before it happened, I never would have thought of like that being a thing. Um, but when it comes to like hygiene and stuff, like, and I think that's why I wasn't expecting this turn, but it's like, you really don't know what people are going through. Yeah. Um, and so one, uh, to be a decent person, like don't make fun of people, like don't laugh about people, like right. when it comes to that, like that's just disgusting, um, on your part. Um, and I would say, advice to this person, should they do anything? Um, I would say, uh, if it were me, I wouldn't do anything. The only thing I would do is if, because it sounds like this is something that has been talked about amongst the other coworkers. If it is like a situation where they're like laughing or like, I would make sure to, I would suggest to this person to be the one to make sure like to like tell them to knock it off. Like, you know, like, and I know that sounds kind of funny, but like in whatever way, like is most fitting, like for the situation, like make it very clear that that's not cool. And like to just, I don't know, like to be there an advocate in some way. Like, I don't know if this man is homeless. I don't know. I don't know a story, but because you don't know, like just be a decent human being. Yeah, for sure. And I think also, um, even if you feel maybe uncomfortable, like confronting people about something like that, I think always like invite empathy into a conversation. And sometimes people will be so embarrassed by themselves that they'll stop. Um, But like, even if say, you know, they're making jokes about, you know, him smelling bad or possibly having poor hygiene or whatever the case may be. If you literally just say in the moment, like, well, you know, I've known people who have had medical conditions, um, that cause, you know, 
malodor or whatever. It's like you just never know what someone's going through. So I personally don't find it funny. Like you've not actually like told them to stop, but you've yeah. invited empathy into the conversation. And I realize a lot of times for me personally, when I do things like that, people, people don't know what to say. Yeah, they that. don't know what to say. They get kind of uncomfortable and I think embarrassed of themselves because I think sometimes people don't realize, like or at least I've noticed as someone who tends to be a bit more empathetic to things like that, I realize some people, they don't really have that level of empathy, so it never crossed their mind. But once you kind of bring empathy into a situation, people kind of were like, oh, I never thought of it that way. And they kind of feel a little embarrassed and stop. So that's personally what I would do. And I think also, like, if you're suspecting that he may be homeless, like, it doesn't mean you necessarily have to offer assistance or anything like that because he may not feel comfortable with something like that. But I think when the opportunity strikes for you to just be gracious or kind, just lean into that and and don't be one of the people who just takes it as an opportunity to make, you know, take that someone. Down. Yeah. Yeah, that's never that's never good. I think the saddest part about this entire story is that this is their manager and <laughs> My point being, Where did they America's, America's the system is so awful. Well, You're a man. He's new. He just no, got but the regardless, job. it's oh, okay. like so. You don't, you know what I mean? It's like ain't nobody safe out here with this money. Like they don't pay people enough. Like, but let's be honest, you could have had a job before and still been home. As I don't know where this person is. Yeah, if it's New York, if it's in like, a oh you know a San Francisco and LA, uh, a Seattle, yeah. like. You could be a manager of a lot of places and be homeless. Like, sadly. You could make $100,000 a year and be homeless. homeless. It's insane. And, like, that whole situation, like, I've worked. He wasn't a manager, but I've worked with an, an employee who literally lived in their car. I've worked with two employees who lived in the car. Actually, one of them was a manager. Um, oh, wow. And it's just, like, like, dang. Like, it really ain't, it's hard out here. No one's saying. You legitimately are living out of your vehicle? One was just a car. Like, not like a large vehicle at that. Like, literally a car. Like a sedan. Like a Sonata. It's a sedan car. <laughs> no, there's a vehicle called a Sonata. I know. A I sedan know, is like a, sedan. a type of car. Like, you have an SUV. Whatever. And you have a I don't care. Kara said, no, like a Sonata. <laughs> like a Mitsubishi. <laughs> Like a Kia Optima. Um, (laughs) The point is, the point is America needs to fix a lot of stuff, especially with like uh, the homelessness issue in America. It's very, very sad. And we only see it as, oh, only literally completely, utterly broke people with no resources are homeless. And that's very untrue. There's actually plenty of people with jobs, with resources in our eyes that don't have housing. Um, and you probably know more of them than you think, cause they just don't let you know that they ain't got no place to live. Yeah. Like it's now it's really I will sad. play a little bit of devil's advocate. Really oh my God. Here. This is not the time. I know. Veronica. Now I also think it is unkind to intentionally be unhygienic when, you know, your smell affects other people. Right. I knew someone personally who, who refused to shower this person had access to a shower. Was it uh, Ashton Kutcher? No, but but very <laughs> similar. Kunis? Very similar. One of their kids. This, this was, in fact, a white male 
who said, we were never meant to shower. I think it's a waste of time. There are better things I could be doing with my time. Now, sir, you if are being he was, inconsiderate. If he was using his time to um, stabilize America and fix injustices, I would let it pass. But let's no. be honest, he probably wasn't. Mm-hmm. No. Bless his heart. <laughs> I don't think he was an ill-intentioned person. But I think if someone's being that forward about like, hey, I don't shower and y'all are just going to have to deal with it, then exit from my don't life. make fun of them. But they need... Someone needs to talk to them and be Shame. honest and say, no, this is not okay. You're being inconsiderate <laughs> of the people around you who have to smell you. So if we do find out that this manager is not, in fact, homeless and he does, in fact, not shower, I think maybe an employee could kind of pull him aside. Pull him aside. He's the manager. I'm just playing devil's advocate a little bit here. Excuse but you know, that's- me, boss. <laughs> The rest of us underlings have an issue. Like, okay, maybe if well, there's a, before, there might be another manager. Talk to another manager. Say, hey, this has kind of been an, an issue. You could just have again. This is only if you actually know the person's situation and know that it is due to their own negligence that they smell bad. Okay. Someone's All gonna right. assume think, and walk over and be like, "Listen here, buddy." <laughs> I think we've given this listener enough to think about. Um, anyway, I hope that helped and. <laughs> Um, let us know, update us, let us know how that turns out. If you have any updates, we'd be happy to hear. All right, y'all. So this is going to be our final segment for today's episode. It is called Get a Clue, a thrilling segment where one of us has either a person, place, thing, or idea in mind, and the other co-host must use the provided clues to crack the code in 60 seconds or less. Today, Zoe will be doing our Get a Clue, so Zoe, take it away. All right. So my three clues are, this is a thing that, or this is something that the first syllable rhymes with pass. Pass or past? P-A-S-S. Okay. Um, the first syllable. You have to be very intelligent and skilled to be involved with this thing. It's something Zoe does, I guess. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. And a lot of children when asked, at least at one point in time, would have said that something in relation to this thing was their dream, what they wanted to do when they grew up. Got it. Timer starts. Right, 60 seconds, Ellis, and starts now. Astronaut. Now. Oh, my God. Wait, The really? first syllable, it rhymes with yeah, pass. Yeah, pass, astro- <laughs> astronaut. That actually doesn't rhyme. Pass, oh, wait. astronaut? Not not the syllable in astronaut, though. They don't, they're not sounding the okay. same. Okay. You said, rhymes with, first syllable rhymes with pass. That would be smart it's a long, to do it. What is the second clue? Um, you have to be smart, intellectual, do it, whatever. And the third clue was they would say that it was a dream at some point. Um, Something related to this was a dream. Uh, oh my God. I just knew it was astronaut. Cast, casting director. Y'all are going to be so mad at yourselves. I can already tell you. Um, Kirsten's going to be really mad at herself. Um, a Past participle. <laughs> and time is up. What? 
That went by you really ready? fast. Uh, oh, Kirsten's is going to be so mad at herself. It's something with astronaut. NASA. Huh? That's not a long word. No one said it was a long and word. And that's not a job. No one said it was a job. You said it was a thing. NASA's a thing. NASA's a place. It's not a place. Yes, it is. You can go to NASA. Dang. But it's a, an entity. It's an organization. That's a thing. Well, it's guys, an you should have said it rhymed with pasta. I guess Zoe won <laughs> pasta. <laughs> but I, I just knew. The funny thing is, immediately I was like, they're going to guess this. Pass? Yeah. Because I never said, like, specifically, oh, this is a job. I said, like children dream about doing something that is involved with this. I made it very specific yeah, that it yeah, was like yeah. not it wasn't thing. clear enough. And also I'm literally looking straight at my lunch. Wait, what? Oh. Oh, she has something on Dang her it. desk that says NASA. Okay, well Pasta. anyway, Zoe, I guess, won that round. But Yay. stay tuned for our next episode. We'll be playing this game again and let's see who who actually comes out on top, you know? Beep boop, beep boop. Hope you guys are here for it. But yeah, thank you guys so much. What you keep like? Oh. I can hear you moving mic. But yeah, that was that was fun. I would say I feel like it should have been astronaut. I feel like that would have been a better. I do too. I forgot that astronaut. The first syllable rhymes with pass. Yeah, yeah. sure does. It doesn't. So that was just like a I wonderful coincidence. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of All the Calamity. Be sure to follow us um, at All the Calamity on our Instagram. And also listen wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you feel the inclination. And then also, if you guys enjoyed this episode's um, anonymity, definitely feel free to send us some of your tea to get our take on it, um, you can send that to us via DM on our Instagram or um, via email. Um, you can email us at allthecalamity at gmail.com. Yeah. yeah, anything else you guys want to add before we close out? This was fun. Um, it's it's already a classic, as Nathan said, says, um, <laughs> banger after banger, um, iconic. Sounds about right. All right, guys, until next time. Bye. Bye.